Hi, everyone, and welcome to this podcast of Helix and Gene Wellness Center. Today, we have a very, very special guest, a friend, Heather Klausman. Um, Heather is somebody who was referred to us by one of the physicians that we know, and she came in to our do our program, and she's, this whole thing just took a life of its own. But before we get into it, I really I want to just introduce Heather and have Heather tell us a little bit about who she is and you know what she does. And Heather, take the forum. Thanks, Sam, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, so I am a recently turned 40-year-old woman who for my entire career has interacted in some form or fashion with the medical career. Um, I work for a medical device company and over the last uh, 18 years has, have really been interacting with many different surgical and medical practices. And it really, I think for me, um, you know, part of the reason why and I wanted to do this program is that I've always sort of been in search for a better understanding of how my body functions and how as a busy person and somebody that cares about my physical well-being as well as, you know, my emotional well-being, how can I tie what I do for work to how I can be at my best performance um, and feel good about myself? So you were essentially at, you know, and you are essentially at the prime of your career, at the top of your game in terms of what you're doing professionally. And, you know, you uh, you have a nice life, uh, husband, kids, everything is great. What made you look and see that you needed a change for yourself? Well, I think I always felt as though I needed a change or just some sort of um, I don't know, program or something that I could follow that would help me understand my body. And so to give you some perspective, you know, my entire adolescence was focused around some sort of sports, right? I was a competitive gymnast and then ultimately wound up transitioning into competitive cheerleading all the way through college. And so those are two very specific sports that focus a lot on um, physical appearance, but it's less about how well you're you're doing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. about how do you maintain a certain weight and a physique right, to help right. you accomplish the goal of being good at that sport, but yeah. that don't necessarily teach you about how to do it healthily. Uh, right. And so right. as I approach my career and, and my life now not being as active, I think the 30s and 40s were always an age and time frame that were a little bit scary to me because in my 20s, you know, when I was single and you know, just focused on my career, I could work out as much as I wanted to. I could spend all of my time thinking about how to be at my physical best. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I don't have the time to do that anymore. And as you mentioned, being in the prime of career and family, there's always this question of how do you balance it all and then not fall apart physically. Yeah. And that's where I felt like I was getting to. Yeah. I felt like I would see my friends and even myself go through pregnancies and not really be able to recover at the speed or at the level that I wanted to. And that includes sleeping as well as working out, as well as eating. You know, the old things that would sort of work for me just didn't work anymore. And um, I was frustrated and sad and yeah, yeah. stressed because yeah. I would spend most of my free time and energy trying to figure out how to fix myself as a problem rather than focusing it on my family, which is really my number one priority. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, secondarily my career. So um, for me, you know, in my interactions with some of the physicians that 
that you know and that yeah. brought me to this program, um, you know, I wound up in a conversation and, and it was suggested and I was all in from day one. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what resonated with me when Heather first walked in is, you know, her story, you know, we're, we're in the same age group, we're in the same type of lifestyle age group and her story was very much like my wife's. Like, and, and I said to her, I go, you know, my wife did this program because she was in a very similar situation as you. Mom of two, couldn't get rid of the baby weight, was always in shape before the babies. And the natural norm usually for women in this age group is, oh, well, you know, you've had kids now, your body has changed and like, you know, well, too bad and tough, you know what, and that's it. And it's like, wait, why do you have to accept that? You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's something that I saw. And, and, and when, when my wife did it and she lost the weight and, and got the, not just the physical, but the emotional and the mental aspect of it started getting itself back into place. And when you, when, when you first walked in, all of the things that you're saying right now was like my life on a daily basis. So I was like, I related to you right away. I was like, you can do this. Like, this is going to work and you've done it. And it's worked, and you're continuing to move forward with other things that we'll get into with what we're doing. But it's really cool to see, and it's good for you to come talk about this because there is a lot of women in your situation that don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think what you know, most people. I mean, you can Google and try and get information, but right. the information is always the same, and the advice is always the same. Right. Work out more, eat less. Okay, well, how do you tell that to a woman who in her 20s would work out for three or four hours a day and eat 1,200 calories? How can I eat less <laughs> without physically starving my body? Like, that's right. not going to be putting me in a great mental place to work or, or help my family no. with what they need to do. And so, you know, I think that there is a lot of conflicting information out there that's prescribed to people. And, you know, if you – and I had this experience myself in going to just see, you know, a primary care physician or even an, an, my endocrinologist who treats my thyroid um, is that, you know, it's just your genetics. <laughs> well, we tested okay. your genetics. Right. And so what I would say, okay, well, tell me what about my right. genetics because, you know, I was unwilling to accept that there's just no hope. Right. There's always hope. There's always a way. And and why do I go to my primary care physician who knows less about exercise and nutrition than I do when I'm not trained in this field? I just happen to ask a lot of questions right. <laughs> um, because I'm looking, you know, for an answer. And, uh, you know, I think what struck me a lot about the program is is not only do we have a way to help you and you're not at a loss of hope, right. but that we're also going to test where, you know, within your genetics, you can make adjustments so that you can utilize that information to help you perform at your best. Yeah. Um, what did and- you think about that little segment? Uh, you know, that's something that a lot of people are a little skeptical on. They don't really understand it. You know, they everyone's like, oh, I did a 23 in me. And it's like, uh, no, this is completely different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's all about what it is as well as what it, that you're planning to do with the information. Right. exactly. And so, you know, I think 23andMe, if you want, and I don't know 100% about it, but, you know, my family member, I have family members that have done it, but it's like they were trying to understand their origin and potential family history of diseases and things that could potentially affect them. That's a right. different reason than trying to understand what specific genes you have and gene mutations you have that could potentially impact um you know, a better way to eat or exercise. Right. And so for me, you know, 
it's anything is better than nothing, right? Because nothing is, hey, we're just going to give you the plan that works for the one person that, you know, lost a bunch of weight and has been able to keep it off. Well, I've been a person that's done that but haven't been able to keep it off. And so, you know, what makes me unique? And I think, you know, the amount of things that you're testing – you know, um, and the amount of genes that you're testing, the algorithms that you've come up with have proven, you know, to make a difference. And I think for, for me, it's that, you know, I don't have a lot of anxiety now about what I need to do, right? So if I have a specific gene that says I have a tendency to to overeat, then, you know, that's information. That just means right hey, maybe I need to put myself in check if my behavior is leading towards a tendency to overeat. It's not that... It's awareness. Right, exactly. And I think you could talk a lot about mindfulness, but what does that really mean? That's a confusing subject that I don't think that we want to go (laughs) (laughs) go down. But the amount of times in my adolescence that I heard somebody say, be mindful of how quickly you're eating or be mindful of what you're eating can sometimes put so much attention on one thing that you wind up overthinking it. And I think this plan and having more information about your genetics as well as understanding what the phases of the plan are going to be for you and what's going to happen along each phase and what's going to happen if for some reason something, you know, weight-wise swings in the opposite direction, how do you get yourself back, was really reassuring to me that there was a plan that was suited for me. Yeah, yeah. And so I I hope that answers your question about about the genetics. I think that there's probably a lot more to come in the long run. Yes. But at the very bare minimum, it's still something. We have something. Right. Yeah. 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 And and that's what I try to tell a lot of people about the genetics. You know, everyone's like, is this hoax? Is this a pseudoscience? Is this like, you know, people are confused. They don't know. You know, the best way I try to put it is I say, take your iPhone, put it in front of you. If the entire size of the iPhone is the human genome map, okay? And, you know, your iPhone's upside down. That little area that's the lens of your camera, that's how much we know right now about genes. But that's the playing field that we're all in. And we all have to start somewhere. If we don't start there and we don't collect the information, we don't understand, then we can't help evolve ourselves as a species. So, you know, if you're not into human progression and evolution, then you shouldn't do this and it's not good for you, you yeah. know? But if you if you truly want to understand and get information and, and know, like, you know, is it 100%? No, but it's it's 100% up to what we have today. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and that's really the answer I give most people. I think, you know, there's so many different ways that you could look at this that, you know, the information's not good if there's nothing that you can do about it. Right? Like, why would I want to know that something's 100% definitively going to happen to me if there's nothing I can do about it? And I think that five years ago, that may have been the case. And I I think of specific examples when... Well, there is nothing definitive. Right. Let me me, me, me just be really clear on that. Yeah. Okay? There's, like, genes can sit in your system forever and never, ever, ever... A blossom, sort of say, into anything good or bad. <laughs> right. What, what I mean by the definitive aspect of it is that several years ago, my mom, you know, her dad um, got Alzheimer's in his 70s and then pa- wound up passing away, and she doesn't want to see him go down that route. And so she's on a mission to try and figure out whether or not she's going to have Alzheimer's. <laughs> and my, you know, thought process around it back then was like, well, why would you even want to know if? you know, there's nothing that you can really do about it at this point. And maybe that was the wrong f- way right. to think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But I think my mindset has sort of changed around that because I think the more information that you have and, you know, at least if you put your best foot forward, it's yeah. going to put you in a better position to potentially avoid some of those things in the future. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and who knows, right? Who knows, but right. I, th- I think right. with this, it's more like, you know, look, it was reassuring to me that my genetic test came back and said I have an average ability to gain weight. Okay, so I'm not like this messed up person that if I eat a piece of cake unexpectedly, I'm going to gain a ton of weight. But I think in the past, my mindset was that, well, it must be my genes and I must gain weight on everything that I eat, therefore eat nothing. Well, that's the human psyche, right? If, if, if the, the ultimate destruction is I'm doomed because I'm doomed because it's in my genes, right? Right. <laughs> and so I think with this is that even if it's just just scratching the surface, it's still more information that should give you more confidence yeah. in in you know creating change for yourself and being patient to see results. And I think that that's where I always got off track is that I would put myself in a position where it was such an extreme diet or exercise because I wanted to see immediate results because I was convinced that I couldn't. And then when I didn't, had just doomed myself to that. But I was also working from very limited information. I was working with myself as a science experiment at like extreme angles. And that's not what this is. And so I think it's prescriptive. And I think that, you know, um, for me as somebody that several months ago thought that there was no hope for me to be in a position where now I feel like I have complete confidence to know what to do. Like I'm never going to be back to where I was before. I love hearing those words. I'm just not. Yeah. And I'm not the type of person that says never. <laughs> you know? yeah, but, well, I, but I'm not. <laughs> but you know, you, you, but what it is is when you, you know, when you learn your body, when you connect through knowledge and through experience, with your body through something. And, you know, we provide you the coaches that help guide you in that way so you can figure out the answers much faster and make sense of them much faster. You know, as uh, any sort of intellectual human being, once that Pandora's box is open, so to say, your success rate for going back to where you were you know, diminishes drastically and your success rate for staying where you are and continuously getting better increases more and more and more because it's contagious Mm -hmm. and you just feel better. Well, and I think that I will say as well is that even though, you know, there are some portions of the plan where like when you're in the cleansing phase may seem extreme to people, you don't, it it doesn't feel extreme. Well, because it's it's based on science. It, It has a specific formation inside your body that happens that causes that response for you to feel that way i was talking to somebody today who was on the program last week she's like i'm dying i don't know if i can do this this week she's like i've never felt so good (laughs) (laughs) and i think you told me when i started the program you know change your mind change your body and i'm a very big believer in a positive mindset shift can help you change anything that you want to accomplish in life i I really believe that i see it every day yeah i see it with my children i see it with people that i work with and so that meant something to me because it meant that you know you really have something that is going to work and that i need to trust the process and then i'm going to see it i think where in the past you know everybody, I think at some point that's been on this quest for health has either, you know, tried to lose weight or tried to do something to change their body. And I think about what are the reasons why we're not able to maintain that. And typically it's because we put ourselves in a position where we're incredibly uncomfortable based on limited amount of knowledge, 
you know, for short periods of time as long as we can withstand it. And it's just, it's not enough information. And so I think here, when you see, um, even in the cleansing phase, as I was mentioning, I really didn't find it that difficult because, you know, you don't feel bad. You know, I was able to sleep. I didn't feel hungry. I, you know, started to see really positive change in my body quickly. And, you know, there's all this momentum that's sort of building up for it that, that, you know, I can now say it would never go back. And I would right. also know what to do if for some reason I had another child, which I, I don't plan <laughs> plan on having. But, like, let's say things happen. Right. You know, I would know how to get myself back there. Back there, um, yeah. And I think for me and anyone that's listening to this that's considering whether or not they need to make a health change, regardless of whether or not it's about weight loss or um, – you know, having more energy or being able to sleep better, it is so worth it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think, it, you know, I so, think, go ahead. So now, you know, and, and, and this is something that you just talked about, you know, you're saying that you now know what to do, right? And, and now we've taken you out of the first two phases and mm-hmm. now you're into the sustainability aspect of the program, right? Yep. So tell us a little bit about what you're finding within the sustainability aspect of the program so far. And I know you just started it, sure. you know, but but just a little, you know, you're, you're a pretty uh, sharp cookie. So just what you've observed and what you've seen, just where, 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 where are you with that? Okay. So let's talk about two things. I think um, separating them from the uh, diet side of things and the exercise thing of it. Sure. So, you know, in the first two phases, I think the exercise is limited. And I think that was actually really helpful for me as somebody that used to over-exercise and that used to plan out calories to burn off cal- right. <laughs> calories is like this calculator system, right? Yeah. I think in the first two phases, you don't have that sort of pressure. It's not part of it. It's more about alignment with your spine and and building strength so that, you know, you can get to the third phase of sustainability. And so what that did for me from a mental standpoint was put me into a position where I was prepared for sustainability, meaning that, you know, I have a set goal for my exercise um, and I don't really also feel that much pressure that if for some reason I have a week where that doesn't happen, that I'm all of a sudden going to be back to square one, which if you had talked to me four months ago, I wouldn't have thought that that was possible. Right. And so I think what I'm finding there is that I'm, I also have to watch my trigger points too, because for me, exercise is very um, addictive as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when you see results, you want to do it more, but yeah. I have to put myself onto like controlled, you know, prescriptive plan like we've yeah, discussed yeah. on what's right for my body. Absolutely. Because from a mindset standpoint, I'm the type of person that's going to push myself for hours if I can and I have the time available. Yeah. Um, but my genetics don't – it doesn't say that that's necessary for right. me. Right. And it's not. Right. And, and that's a big <laughs> misconception that a lot of people have. You know, it's – I tell people, people that spend two, three hours in the gym are there because of their anxiety. Yeah, and that's 100%. The only, and that's the only reason why they're there. There is no physical benefit no. <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. Trust me. You know, when, when I used to compete – I, I had the shortest workouts out of all the guys. And they'd be like, how do you get the results with such short workouts? I'd be like, because I'm as efficient in that 32 minutes as you are in the hour and a half that you're here, you know? Like, so, but, you know, it, it, it's finding that efficiency and learning what that efficiency for you is. And that changes as you get older. 
Like, you know, like I've turned myself into yoga and running and, and, you know, much lower impact type of training. Mm -hmm. Whereas 10 years ago, I was doing the complete opposite, you know, like that changes as you get older, your body warrants and wants different things. And you have to learn to listen because if your goal is long-term health and preservation, you don't need that much work, you know, and as you get older, your physical activities need to be monitored the right way, just like your food does. Well, and I think that that becomes, you know, for me in my 20s, it was a way to control my weight. It was also fun. You know, now it's not as fun because every minute that I spend exercising is time away from my family. That's right. And so, you know, how do I figure out how to make that work for me as well as get my mindset wrapped around that it is actually working? And that's where you really come into play in, in your advice and how you relate that genetically because, you know, even though there were some of the things that come out on the genetic report that say your lung capacity and your heart capacity is not extreme. Okay, I know that, right? Right. I know I can also push myself past that, but then I'll be sore for, you know, a couple of days and it will take me longer to recover. Like my genetics prove that out. But what I didn't know beforehand is how to take that information and build that into a plan that would allow me to see physical results. And you've really helped me with that. And, you know, I go to sleep every night feeling like, I did a good job. Feel accomplished, yeah. <laughs> yeah I did. So let's talk about your family a little bit. What kind of effect has this had on your kids and your husband and your household in terms of, you know, seeing mom and 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 wife a lot more sharp, upbeat, less anxiety? Right. Like, like how, how is that? Talk a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about that aspect of things. Well, you know, my kids are young, so it's hard to say how it's really impacted them. But for me and Specifically, you know, I recognize that I'm a lot more present and I, I have a lot more patience because, you know, I'm, I can now allow space in my mind to think about things that are really important to me versus trying to figure out what I'm going to eat for dinner for four hours because I don't know whether or not it's right. You know, I think there's also a perfectionist mindset that I have, too, that if I don't do it perfectly, then, mm-hmm. you know, my world's going to fall apart. Well, right. that has all sort of been re- released for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I don't feel that pressure anymore. And I know that I've, I've stocked my food appropriately and prepared my food appropriately. Now being several months into this program, like I don't have any anxiety about what I'm going to make for dinner. because That's a huge anxiety. People don't realize. Yeah. Like when you're worried about getting in shape constantly and you don't have a path, it, it, it takes up a lot of your mental space. (laughs) Yeah. And I think at some points, you know, you play that mind game with yourself where you're like, is this okay to eat? Can I just have a little bit more of this? Mm. But now there's no question. I know how much of each and everything to make. I've also learned how to make a lot of foods that I wouldn't have probably eaten before that now I enjoy and would rather eat than maybe something I had before. I know that doesn't make a ton of sense, but I think... But it does because your body has a distinct reaction to those foods now and and, and it wants and warrants those foods. So that's why you get that chemical reaction to say, hey, I want to eat this where you didn't really know about it a little while ago because your body was filled with toxins. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I would say that, you know, I think my husband... I always made and tried to make um, pretty healthy foods. And I think what now being in the sustainability phase, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I ate exactly like this before. But I was always thinking to myself, I can't eat this much. I need to eat less of this. And so um, that's where I think for me the biggest change has come is that I am actually eating a lot of the same things that I was eating before, just in more more quantity of it. 
and maintaining my weight and feeling better and sleeping better. And to me, that's just mind-blowing. Sometimes I'm like, is this real? Like, I actually ate real food for dinner. And you're not doing an hour and a half of cardio every day. No, not at all. And and some days, like, I mean, I wish that I could do five days a week, but some days it's four. Or some weeks it's four and some weeks it's three. And that's okay because ultimately at the end of the day when we measure – you know, the body metrics, it's not just the weight, it's the water weight and the muscle. And I think, um, you know, in its simplest form, what's been educational for me is that from the very day one, you're not just measuring weight loss, you're measuring water and figuring out a way to get more water into your cells. And to me, that was just... yeah. Crazy. Well, I mean, it's, I'm probably, it's the best diuretic. It's the best fat burner. <laughs> well, I think that um, I think that you know, and this was something that was also crazy to me is that I'm wearing clothes now, you know, three three months or so after yeah. having completed you know the major part of the program, the first two phases of the program, that I was wearing ten pounds lighter. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though I'm still 10 pounds heavier than then, but I'm wearing the same clothes. Like that to me has a lot to do with the shift in water weight and, yeah. and things. And to, Well, it balances your hormones. So the yeah. bloating response yep. is, is not the same. No. You know, and, and that's one of the main components, you know, for women post-pregnancy and also, you know, when they're approaching menopause or post-menopause. It's understanding, you know, when you clean out your organs and you reset your hormones – your body doesn't have the same bloat. You can be eight pounds heavier and wear a size less in your pants, and people just don't. It's a, it's a, it's like such a counterintuitive no. thing. Like people don't understand that, but that's that's what the shift in how your body retains water is. Well, and I think I understand now what you know. My previous coaches and trainers have said to me around what you're saying, like, don't worry so much about the weight. Worry about how you feel. And I was trying to describe for years, but I feel bad. I feel yeah. bloated. I yeah. feel heavy. And now I don't really look so much at the weight other than just to confirm that I'm not, you know, swinging so far in one direction. But ultimately, I don't even really need to weigh myself that much right. because right. I'm following a plan that I know works for me. And yeah. so whether or not I do it once a week, once a day, or a month from now, it's going to be the same. It's It, it becomes irrelevant. Right. Scale. Yeah, you see? exactly. And, and that's the key thing, right? Once the scale becomes irrelevant, it's no longer like, oh, my God, I'm getting on the scale. What's it going to say? How is my day going to go based on me standing right. on that scale? You know, it's more like, yeah, like I already know what it's going to say I am even when I get on it. You know, it's like it's not it, – it com- becomes – it becomes a non-issue. And that to me, if we're able to achieve that as a program, as a company, yeah. th- th- that's that's a home run because – People are fixated with that number. That yeah. You get on that scale in the morning, and if you're two pounds up when you thought you were good the day before, that will ruin your entire day and the energy that you take with you for the rest of the day, right. you know? And when you can eliminate that, <laughs> yep. you know, that does a lot for the head. Well, and I think that that's been the most surprising part about this sustainability phase for me is that, yeah, I mean, there um, – there have been times that I've gotten on there and it's been a pound and a half up and I've had that mentality. But the more that you go through that and then you see that it comes right back down when you just like drink more water the next day and yeah. really monitor like what you've eaten throughout the day, it always comes back. So always. so now I see that and I'm like, okay, tomorrow it'll be better. It's not. Well, because what happens is, you know, and, and I'll just give a little bit of the science here. The 
you're fat, okay, when you have, when you go out one night and you have a bad night, right? Like you eat, let's just say, everything in sight. You For just, the record, I haven't you know, done that. But. No, but, 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 if, but if you <laughs> yeah. do, right? Yeah. So, so what happens is your body doesn't go into fat burning mode till the second or third day. So what happens is people who physically go through that the first day, that night and the next day, they go, oh, I messed up. So if I just go one more day and another day and I start the following day and start, the fat is already settled in by the third day. But if you understand now that the following day, that fat hasn't kicked in, it's just excess water, sugar, and salt that's sitting in your system, by doing one of the plateau breakers, what happens is your body drains that out and you go right back into that machine that you were in. And it, it almost like it, it was like a hiccup that never happened, you know? And, and that's one of the key things that we try to really teach people because most people gain, they go back on that off track because they fall into that self-pity party yeah. the day after. You or know? they just feel like they don't know like sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't happen. So they don't know why or what works. And so it's like, why try? Yeah. Yeah. Let's have the pity party for ourselves and, you know, just do everything that we know is bad for ourselves because we're going to have to start over being mean to ourselves again in two days. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> restricting everything you love in your life. No, it's true. You know, it, it's, uh, it changes your psyche, you know. And, and so to change the subject just a little bit, this is a question I really wanted to ask you, right? Sure. Just, so – you're inside this medical world. Mm -hmm. You interact with a ton of doctors, you know, with hospitals and everything, right? So you see a lot of that world. Um, how many doctors, now that you have this knowledge, when you interact with them or you talk to them or see them are either in shape, have a, an idea of stuff like this or – look at this as something that is really, really essential. Like where, what's like, how are they around this type of subject? Like, you know, it, I, I've always wondered, like if you go into a room full of like all these hospitals and doctors, because most doctors I come across are in pretty good shape, you know, but that's not the norm, <laughs> you know? And, and like, I, I'm just curious as to the people leading our health, mm -hmm. like what's, what's the norm around that area? Well, some of it would be unfair for me to say that I understand, like, how they counsel their patients or how, you know. No, I'm talking about how they are personally. No, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. I just want to make sure that my comments aren't misconstrued yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think that, you know, it's it's part of who I am, too. Like, I don't typically judge, you know, them because I respect like, – Here's what I can say about my understanding of what happens in medical school and in specialties is that most, especially surgeons, which is who I work with now, choose to specialize in a certain area. But you still have to, you know, if you want an understanding of health and if, you know, surgeons are trained to, um, you know, operate on disease once it's happened, they're not usually involved in solving the problem before it happens. Right. And so I would say that there's variable um, interest and understanding of how, you know, these types of things can impact the longevity of somebody's lifespan, right? And I think that there are a few surgeons that really are interested in it and do want to try and figure it out, which is part of the reason why I found myself here. Well, because I, I'll tell you one thing. The the guys that I find, once they flip the switch and get it, the, the surgeons mm -hmm. better than any other type of doctors 
I think it's because of the type of training yeah. and what they actually understand about them. They have to know everything. Right. You know, so like yep. when you start talking to them, they're like, oh, man, that makes sense. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that people do really want to understand, but you have to like outside of, you know, most surgeons that have built up a practice at this point in their careers have spent you know, 10 plus years in their medical school, their residency, you know, if they went to a fellowship, so they spent years at a time learning the profession, and then they have to go out and build a practice and have, you know, experience in doing that. And, um, but what that means too, is that they have to go out and seek out additional training in areas of where their interest is. And so, um, you know, that doesn't make them better or worse surgeon. It's just that I think that yeah. most people would want, and most surgeons that I've interacted with would want further education and understanding of how these disease states get to where they are it just might not necessarily be where their specific focus is. But on a personal level, I think that, you know, I mean, surgeons and doctors are just like us. They're still yeah. trying to figure it out, yeah. too. And so, yeah. you know, I've def definitely yeah. been in been in discussions with people around, oh, you know, especially because they've seen the transformation in, yeah. in my life because I'm a, I'm a short female. And so any weight loss <laughs> is pretty noticeable, which means yeah. that any gain is noticeable. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, it goes both ways. <laughs> it goes yeah. both ways. Yeah. But what I mean by that is that I think at, at, you know, where I'm at now is around 25 to 27 pounds of weight loss in four months. And so people want to know, how did you get there? But then that, that comes along with all of their own advice and experience <laughs> that they've seen right. other people be on. And I think what I found is that in general, outside of the people that I know that have participated in this program and understand what you're doing with Helix and Gene, um, you know, bring up the same things that you could Google, right? Like, right. oh, I did keto or, yeah. you know, I got a, a, I know one person that wound up having a, a sleep gastrectomy, you know, mm. which is a bariatric procedure. Yeah. Um, and so I think that their knowledge and awareness around what's potentially available to them is the same as anybody else's yeah. unless they're given specific education around it. And all, we know that in medical school, there's not a lot of education given yeah. to connect the physical yeah. – um, body to you know, nutrition science and, you know, connecting yeah. all yeah, of yeah, the yeah. dots from a genetic standpoint. Yeah. And I'm sure maybe there's other things out there that are in the works, but not that I'm presently aware of with the people that I interact with. So where do you see something like this fitting into that world? You know, I know you mainly deal with surgeons, so it's not really, you know, but well, actually, you know, surgeons deal with, you know, uh, depending on what kind of surgeons, <laughs> deal with a lot of these health issues that we can prevent, you know, or we can help. Um, where do you see that in terms of like the next five years in terms of where not just our program, but, you know, similar programs or things that are out there now with this type of knowledge and, you know, and, and this type of um, this type of action that yeah. we're taking, you know, I think. And I want to preface this because I think that there's a lot of companies that are going to try and get into the space and try and yeah. connect genetics to diet and physical oh, there really physical are, yeah. well being, times, right? Yeah. But what makes this so so much different is the personalized coaching and the understanding yeah. along the way of of what's happening with you specifically. It's yeah. not with trained professionals, right? And so that's the key thing, right? I really want Training. to yeah, I agree. Ha hammer home on that because. But one of the things that I really, really, you know, pride ourselves on is our coaches 
are real professionals. They're not some like weekend certification right, person. Yeah. You know, they're not some like, you know, uh, person who is, uh, you know, who who's, and, and not to knock on age, but they're not some 22-year-old who just got out of school who's trying to teach you about all of these detailed, difficult sciences, you know. It, it's people who, and not to say 22-year-old can't do that, but, you know, I'm generalizing. Yeah, but, you know, but, but, but it's, they're professionals who have years of experience within this type of field who have been trained in detail in this exact type of training by us. So, you know, it, it's, it warrants for a different type of atmosphere when you go through this program. I think that, I mean, look, there's so many different ways. My mind sort of goes to, okay, well, how can you integrate this into the medical field? But how can you just integrate this into people's lives in general? Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe, maybe that's too big of a of a, a big picture to look at. But no, I think that's about, what I see, yeah. Think about, like, you know, um, you know, most hospitals, while it's their goal, and just take hospitals as an example, are to treat patients when they're sick or when they need care. But, like, what are we doing for the human population to help them not have to get to that point where we have to get them out of the hospital quicker because they have a problem? Right. And I think, you know, you've got medical device companies that are trying to, to solve that. You've got pharmaceutical companies that are trying to solve cancer through drugs, and all of these things will eventually happen. But how do you, you know, establish a long-term life plan for yourself based on your genetics that includes nutrition and athletics, even from the time that you're a small child. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, maybe that people are going to look at that and say, that's crazy. We don't want to put, you know, small children on diets, but that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about like, how do you create a lifespan for somebody that's focused around where their genetics are and give them the necessary tools so that they don't have to figure it out. Like I tried to do when my cheerleading coach told me that, you know, I needed to lose 20 pounds if I wanted to continue to stay on the team, which is like, okay, well, how do I do that? Right. You know, it's not going to come from eating an apple in a ton of water a day. Like, that's just unhealthy. But, you know, I'm smart enough to know that. But maybe some, there are people out there that it's not even about whether or not they're smart enough to know it. It's about whether or not they're committed to the goal. And that's the information that they were given. Yeah. And so I know I'm not answering your question specifically about the medical arena, but I think there's so many different ways that this could be integrated and I think that's the real world, yeah. right? Like integrated into healthcare to solve, you know, a short term problem with what's happening with people that are currently sick. But then my mindset tends to go to like, you know, this is something that I think that everybody should have. And like Yeah, I mean once once we really kind of like open the door to this program and it's, you know, in its complete version of the first three months and the following six months, you know, I, I realized, you know, as somebody who's been in this field for a long time, and, you know, I'm 39, I'm going to be 40 in March, and, you know, I, I tend to every decade reflect and also look and see where I am, where I was, and where I'm going, you know, and and the first thing that naturally my mind goes to is my mental health and my physical health. Like, where am I in both two areas? And I think one of the things that we, you know, one of my visions is, and I think this is an area that can be penetrated, is, you know, our age group of, you know, the late 30s until the late 40s, that decade right there, right now, you know, is starting to experience a lot of 
new things like leaky gut and fatty liver. And a lot of these things were not there before. And, you know, companies like us through the work that we do are trying to are, are starting to see these things and realizing that, oh, wait, this wasn't there before because 30 years ago, this whole way of eating with, you know, what's on the shelf and all these things started changing. So it causes now over a 20, 30 year period of time, these type of diseases that didn't exist before. Right. Right. So to me is like, okay, so we're smart enough in our, and we're still young enough and we have the vigor to stop this. So how do we do it? Right. So to me, it's, you go to the bigger companies that employ people like yourself and you provide them a preventative health program that they can utilize for their employees for the betterment of their culture. And the trickle down effect to that is moms like you and dads like your husband go home and now provide an environment with the foods that they keep within the house mm-hmm. that the children now see because monkey see monkey do, yeah. you know? so. I think that is our best chance at really making a shift and and, and changing this in that in, in that way because you know I think we're we're that mid generation mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean like we're it we're right in the middle right now mm-hmm. and it it's up to us I think from a health standpoint to make those moves. And, and that's one of the objectives that, you know, keeps me awake at night <laughs> in, in developing what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to, to do this with you and talk to you today is that, you know, I think that there's going to be a group of people that are 100% all in committed, like you yeah. show them the way and they're going to commit to do it. And it's how do we you know, figure out how to get people that really need this program committed to doing it. Because it's not like it doesn't take any work, but the work and the effort that you put into it is so worth it on the other end. And it doesn't seem very specific, but I know that there's people out there that are questioning, okay, well, how would would I, um, you know, deliver something like this to my employees, whether it's a company like mine or, you know, a hospital type of scenario or a group of hospitals. Yeah. How do I how do I do this and make it worthwhile and get people committed to doing the program? Because like with anything else, you get out of it what you put in. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm here also to say, too, as somebody that does enjoy the so- socialization, you know what I mean, and yeah. being, being social and going out to dinner and having a drink now and then, I was very worried about how I would be able to incorporate those things into my social life long term because yeah. so many things that I've tried before in the past have not worked for me. And how and, did you do that? Because that's a huge – it's funny. That's the number one concern I get from everybody well, that's when because, they're starting this program. Yeah. I mean, look, I think – I I was concerned about it. You yeah. know, I mentioned it to you when you said such a short period of time. Right. You just got to trust like you will have those things back in your life. And right. I had to look at it and I had to say, okay, this is a challenge for me. And I want right. to accept this challenge because what's the alternative? I stay the same because I'm not feeling good right now. So, okay, that stinks. You know, maybe for five weeks I'm not going to have any wine with dinner, which was only a glass or two anyway. But it wound up not being really that big of a deal. And it actually yeah. – it, it actually, you know, I put myself in that position during the summer when I'm, we're very social and we're entertaining all the time. And I was thinking, okay, 
you know, how am I going to do this? Not because I needed it, but also just because I think, you know, hosting people is stressful sometimes. Yeah. So I didn't realize I was actually relying on that one glass of wine to put me in a position where I wasn't stressed. But as I removed it, I realized that I was kind of utilizing that as a crutch and I it became actually easier, you know, and yeah. I, I began to enjoy my life a lot more. But you know, and ultimately now in the sustainability phase, I go out to eat plenty of times and I do have a glass of wine every now and then. It's just not really something I think about as a way that's negatively impacting my health. Yeah, You know, because yeah, yeah. it was never, you know, it was like... No, that's, yeah, that's a great distinction, yeah. And so I think I would say to anybody, it's like, look, what's what's five weeks of your time to know that that's for the I rest of your life, that's you're right, going right. to you're gonna have a plan that works for you that you're going to feel great about and that you're going to figure out and learn how to incorporate these things back into your life. Yeah. Um, and I know that's hard to trust, but once you start to see the program work for you, it well, does. Yeah, I mean, that's why I tell people, look, this is, you know, this is a one-year program. And the reason why it's a one-year program is because of exactly what you just said, right? You did it during the summer. You realized at the toughest time of how social you guys are, you gave yourself the confidence that you can do this and push through. Now, in your sustainability phase, you're going to get through Thanksgiving. You're going to get through Christmas. You're going to get through all the holidays. You're now going to have the confidence for a full year of living every aspect of life and realizing that, I can enjoy myself, feel great, be healthy, indulge if I need to, and not worry about all of those things that I did beforehand, you know? And all of that is a sacrifice of anywhere from 21 to 43 days, like for you to get in that type of a zone, because that's how long it takes to clean you out. Like, it's not, if you think about it, like you said, the long-term, you know, ROI on this is huge. It's, it's priceless. Well, I, and I think anybody can come up with ways to not do something, right? Because yeah. change is hard. And usually, you know, the, the you're evaluating your risk versus your benefit here. But if ultimately the long, <laughs> yeah. your health and longevity are mo- most important, then, you know, the risk is very actually small, right? You're not going to not have friends because you didn't, you right. know, that's right. drink a glass of wine for five weeks. Like, that's, that's just right. silly. And yeah. I think I had to get myself wrapped around that. But then also say, okay, I'm going to use this as a personal challenge to learn about myself. Yeah. And how can I grow as a human being throughout this process and be a better role model and example to my children and the people that I work with? Um, and for me, you know, I had underlying anxiety issues that I knew were related to the fact that I was overweight and I didn't want to be. And, you know, people would say, that's just crazy. How can you have anxiety about that? You look great. You And I'm like, it's not about how I look. It's about how I feel and about how, like, I'm 40 years old and, you know, I have some um, back issues from all of the years of gymnastics. And carrying this extra weight makes my quality of life lower than it should be at 40 years old. And I'm starting to think about how am I going to be able to walk when I'm 60? And so I have to do something about this. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that, that that's really the challenge, right, is getting people to see that that they can do it, right, and giving yeah. them the confidence yeah. that they can do it and understanding that, you know, you're going to have people by your side that are helping you with a program, you know, and this is not the same thing as being on like a bodybuilding forum and no, getting advice right. from strangers. Yeah. You're getting them from trained professionals in the field of how to integrate, you know, nutrition and genetics and physical. On a day-to-day interaction basis. 
Yes. Which is huge. Yes, it's, you know? it's huge, yeah. especially on days when I doubted myself. Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. don't know if I, you know, I had my family in town a week after I started the program who had a lot of questions. Yeah. Family's always the, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> the toughest critics because, you know, it's what they see too. They've seen me for years try and figure this out for myself. So, you know, my husband and my fa- my husband is very supportive, but also, I think rightfully so, had questions like, why are you doing this? How is this different than anything else that you've done before? Yeah. And you know, turns out it is. But, you yeah. know, there are those challenging moments that I think you go through mentally and, you know, it's five weeks <laughs> yeah, of the no, hardest part of the a- Absolutely. And, you know, Heather, I'm going to leave us on that note because that's just a great way to end a wonderful conversation and also really hear your story um, about this transformation. And, you know, I, I, for for the critics that say, oh, well, you know, you, you're always going to gain your weight back. I think this was a very good, you know, um, testimonial on your part in saying that, you know, here I am still going. Yeah. I just want to mention one last thing, because I think that there's always a lot of perception out there that, you know, you weren't doing the right thing. You must have been eating um, processed foods. You must have been doing this. Like I, I did a raw vegan diet for a year, and I was probably the heaviest that it ever yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I implemented a vegan diet and a low calorie diet. I mean, I had really done things that I thought were healthy. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of fads that are out there. Yeah. And what I will say is that 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 wasn't me. And so for me, it really was the the shift in the in the genetic component of that. Yeah. And you know, I'll leave you with that. I just want to say that. You know, I think there's a, probably a lot of other people that are out there like me that are trying to figure it out that feel judged by those scenarios yeah. that really have tried to do things that are healthy. And I think this is exactly where they need to be. It's changed my life. Ah, great. And there you have it, guys. This is, you know, it's changed people's lives. And that's why I wake up in the morning. That's why I do what I do. It's to hear people like you sit here and say, you've changed my life. And, you know, it's it's the most rewarding thing I can do and the best example I can set for my family. Um, so if you have any questions for us, uh, you can come visit us at www.helixandgene.com or email me at sam at helixandgene.com. Our Instagram is at helixandgene.com. You can find us on the iPodcast, iTunes, on Spotify. Uh, listen, give us stars if you like it. Be free to leave comments. We'd love to answer you. Um, on that note, Heather, thank you so much for joining us and look forward to doing this six months from now again to really show where you are. Fantastic. Thank you. All right.